When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place. Uh, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out. Southeastern on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow restaurant, also on Magnolia on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bao uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp, shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had Chinese bao, it's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bao restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Uh, as always, this is our Money Mowing Quarterback Edition with our good friend Ben Leard uh, joining us. Ben, what's up, man? Oak, man, I'm happy to be here today, buddy. Yesterday's yesterday was huge. It was uh, it was really exciting to see these kids play as hard as they did and lay it all on the line and break a a winless streak in Death Valley since 1999. So I was, uh, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, excited to be celebrating with them. Man, I know you are. I uh, appreciate everybody joining us. I'm Justin Hoganson. Make sure you're at auburnlive.com and subscribing uh, to auburnlive.com, part of the On3 Sports Network as we grow this, this thing. All right, let's dive into, uh, dive into this game, man. Um, Auburn gets it done uh, at LSU 24 to 19. Um, not sure anybody would have predicted, you know, kind of some of the things that happened in that game. Um, but I will say, kind of, I'm, I'm tooting my own horn here. I, w- w- late in the week, man, we had some, you know, on the show, and I don't remember where my stance was on Monday, but late in the week, um, and I said it, um, I said it going into the weekend, even tweeted it on Saturday. I thought Auburn was going to win the game. I, I don't, I don't really, I couldn't pinpoint why. I mean, LSU is a practical pick for a lot of reasons. Um, but there was something, some kind of just in my gut that the past few days going into that game that was off, that was odd that I just thought, you know, I think Auburn's going to get the job done. Not sure where. I think it's going to be in the fourth quarter. And I said I think they're going to, I think they're going to make a play. Um, I did not predict, you know, Bo to 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 do the things that he did in that game. Um, I thought T.J. Finley probably was going to get the start. Um, but credit to Bo. Let's just kind of. What's kind of your reaction? Um, I'd imagine your reaction is different. I mean, you you were there. 
the last time Auburn won. So what's your reaction, let's say, from from that perspective of knowing the feeling of winning in Baton Rouge and then and then what's, you know, and then what's your perspective just as it relates to this team and what they accomplished in what we thought was a must win? Yeah, and it definitely was. I mean, it was it was a situation. Honestly, Hoke, it was a must win for both teams. Mm-hmm. And it, it, because of the fact, if you think about the gauntlet that both squads are having to run over the next four weeks, essentially, and it's a extremely slippery slope for both football teams. But you know, I gladly, gladly relinquish the fact that my teammates and I are no longer the last <laughs> Auburn football team to win at Death Valley. Um, it is it is hands down one of the most difficult places to play as a visiting opponent, especially when the game is at night. Now, I will say this. It, it, it was not a full house, and I was surprised to see that. You could see on the TV copy where there were, you know, a spattering of empty seats here and there but I'm certain that it was definitely, definitely loud inside Tiger Stadium um, at, at, any, at any point, especially on the third and fourth downs. The sideline analyst was saying that she is hands down, that's the loudest place she's ever been. Any sports fan, put it on your bucket list because it lives up to all the hype. But, you know, I, I was I, – I fully expected T.J. Finley to be the starter. Um, I thought he earned it. I thought he uh, put that feather in his cap last week against Georgia State. That was early on until about Friday. I started thinking about how Brian Harson and Mike Bobo would handle the situation. And then you step back and you think about the amount of work and wins and plays that Bo has made over the last two full seasons. And, you know, I, Saturday's game against Georgia State, I don't think was reason enough or a culmination of events enough for Bo to essentially lose that starting nod. Now, it is very dependent upon how it was handled from the standpoint of how they spoke to T.J. Finley, laid it out to him and had – him understand where they were coming from as a as the head coach and offensive coordinator. Now, no, do they do they owe anybody that explanation? Absolutely not. But in in an effort of respect for the kids and and have them understand what was going on, I think it was it was pivotal. And knowing, seeing, and observing the way Brian Harson handles himself and 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 discusses and, and does things like that with this team. I, I feel pretty confident that conversation had happened. The other portion of it, man, I, I agree with you, Hope. I I didn't see Bo playing the way he did. I, I, I did not. I mean, I thought he played a phenomenal ball game. And, and that's just take aside, take take out the the fourth down throws that he made. You know, take those plays out. He's still – played a heck of a ball game. He stayed in the pocket when he needed to. He was patient. There were only, you know, maybe one or two plays that you could you could critique. And that's that's common for any quarterback. But just the amount of guts that not just him, that the entire team played with. I man, they they laid it on the line. 
And I was so proud to watch those kids play as hard as they did and come away with the win. You know, there's the offensive line stepped up, made plays when they need to. You know, Kobe Hudson made some made a great catch on yeah. one of the field goal drives. He did have a drop, but again, they made plays when they needed to. Sean Shivers, a kid that missed a couple of games earlier on in the season, really has struggled to find an identity in, in Mike Bobo's offense. Dude, the the swing, the swing catches that he made on pivotal third downs to sustain drives. That to me, that's enough to earn MVP odds there. I mean, it just mm-hmm. he's a he is a leader. He reminds me a lot of Clifton Robinson. Somebody that's his his heart is his heart is 10 times bigger than his body. And you know, when you step back and look, and I, I noticed a tweet by you today, first quarter of the game, worst defensive strategy I thought we would ever see. Man. It was bad. I, I mean, it was it it was torturous to watch. They figured something out. Yeah. And, and and they they obviously assumed and figured out that LSU was not going to run the ball. LSU was dedicated to the pass. And for some way, somehow, they were able to manufacture pressure with a three-man rush. You know, Hall, Wooden, those guys really really played well and and stepped up and made big plays and pressured Max Johnson in in key situations. And the other thing I was impressed with was the open field tackle. You know, Jalen Simpson made some really big open field tackles against Boutte. Then yep. you have the freshman in Betch, a kid they really targeted in that in that slot position on some of the digs and some of the slants. You know, they they got some yards, but they kept them inside the first down yardage. So I was extremely impressed with the defensive execution, especially in the third and fourth quarter when they had to make plays. And just all in all, man, just for them to come out with a win, it was it, it was a huge, huge success. And I, I I can't I can't tell you how proud of them I am. Yeah, you know, obviously Bo Nix is the storyline because we went into that game not knowing who was going to start a quarterback, and 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 so it's Bo, and then of course he has some of the, you know those fourth down plays that just dominate the game. They're, they're just amazing. You know, the the, th- the throw to Tyler Fromm is is still just a ridiculous play. Um, and he made another one where he scrambled back and ended up finding Demetrius Robertson. He made another one where he scrambled towards the sideline and found uh, John Samuel Shanker. So those plays dominate your mind, and, and Bo dominates your mind in 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 that game. Um, but I I think yeah, you you could go a lot of ways. I think there's a lot of heroes. There's a lot of guys that made plays, but that defense won that football game for Auburn. I mean, the way they settled in, it was amazing. Um, the stats and the numbers when you look at how they got better. LSU had about uh, let's see the. the First quarter was about, I think they had a hundred and let's call it 150-ish yards of offense for for LSU in the first quarter. Second quarter, they had 100. Third quarter, they had 70. Fourth quarter, they had 55. And two first downs in the fourth quarter. That's it. And, um, and think of it, think of it too, Hope. At, at the half, Max Johnson had just under 250 yards of passing. Yeah. He was he was completing 
if I'm not mistaken, he was completing 85% of his passes at halftime. Well, he started eight for 10 for a, for a buck 45, eight for 10 for a buck 45. And from that point on, he was uh, basically like 18 of, um, you know, maybe 36. He's basically a 50% passer for the rest of the game for about, um, you know, 150, 160 something. I mean, which it's completely is, which is different quarterback. Phenomenal. And a pick. Yeah. It, it's phenomenal. I mean, to do yeah. to do what they did defensively, and 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 you think about it too, man. There were there were a few instances where LSU tried to run the football. Mm-hmm. They tried. They didn't commit to it. But even in those situations, when Auburn had roughly four men in the box and with three down linemen, three guys with their hands in the dirt. LSU still could not run the ball. That is yeah. that is a defensive front with three young men that is imposing their will on an offensive front at LSU. That's you know that's talented, but they've got their they've had their struggles. Yeah, they were sold out to the pass, both offensively and defensively. Auburn on defense, LSU on offense. They knew what they were going to do. And ultimately, just the adjustments. I mean, because you go back and think, and I'm sitting there watching it as, as a guy that my strengths as a quarterback were seeing what a defense was allowing me to have, you know, taking what was being given. And if you looked at the TV copy of that particular game, you could look at the, the, the intermediate slot receiver, the secondary slot receiver, and essentially the safety and the inside linebacker or the, sometimes the safety and the nickel nickel defender were roughly 10 yards off these guys i all day long i would have eaten their lunch i would have i would have thrown slants i would have thrown you know bubble screens i would have thrown just sticks anything and everything to get the ball in those guys hands on two and three and five yard routes let them do what they're going to do they're one missed tackle away from busting it in case in point was the first play from scrimmage a 55-yarder to Boutte. So, but as the game progressed, you could see guys like Smoke Monday, they would start in an extreme cushion situation or extreme pad situation. And as the cadence went on, you would see them tighten. And that was something that, that there was something in some way they were being coached to do that, which ultimately eliminated Max Johnson's ability to make some type of audible or some type of check at the line of scrimmage. So just, I mean, Derek Mason and that staff and the players. Yeah. Just well, some in some genius adjustments. Yeah. And we talked about this going in. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that, look, Derek Mason's a guy that's going to stick to his scheme. And so, um, but I said after Penn State, when everybody was freaking out, I said, well, look, let's, let's get through LSU. Let's see what happens against LSU. Let's give him a chance to adjust. Let's give him a chance to learn. Um, and, yeah, that first quarter I thought, buddy, uh, I mean, what are you doing? Because the the space that those guys were having, um, even into the second quarter, some, uh, especially at the slot, the slot position was, was crazy. But what Derek Mason started to do, I thought there were a couple of things. One, one I think you give a massive amount of – uh, of 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 uh, kudos to the defensive line, mainly Derek Hall and Colby Wooden, but right behind them, Romello Height and Eco Leota. Those guys, there was a, there was a time I, I don't know when it was, but 
there was a time when all of a sudden those guys became the four linemen. And, and I said, okay, that's, that's four guys that normally wouldn't be together. That's three ends basically that are rushing the passer. And then Colby Wooden who played fantastic. That's the Colby Wooden we need to see. Um, but I was like, if that, if that group that now you found something, we love Tony fair and Marcus Harrison, they have a role, but if you need to get to the quarterback, if, if you're okay with those four, and you can trust those four and say, okay, well, look, we don't think LSU is going to come out and try to pound us. So if they do try to run and I get caught with those four, if they can just play physical enough um, and they, they did the job, that was, that was huge. And the other thing was his, his ability to mix it up between zone and man was, was, was great. He still was playing some zone, but he was mixing it up enough to where he got Max Johnson and that, that offense, I think off balance a little bit where, is it man? Is it zone? They back off. They come up, and so um, I thought Derek Mason called a great game those last two and a half, three quarters of of mixing up that man and zone. And you look at the last play of the game, the interception. If if I mean, if I didn't tell you who the defense coordinator was, you probably wouldn't guess that was Derek Mason. Everybody on the line didn't know who was coming or not. They snap it. Some guys drop in coverage on total man to man. Derek Hall turns into that spy and then rushes the quarterback completely man up and they force a pick. I mean, that was an aggressive call right there. Fourth and six going man to man and let's see what happened. And so that, uh, that, that those two a, things stood out. The, the, the historian, the historic football fans that go back to the Alabama days and 1992 Alabama days, and even early days with regards to myself at Auburn, that really would remind those folks that remember this of, of Bill Oliver's style of defense. You know, I can I can remember things that he did with guys like Brad Ware, Rob Pate, Takeo Spikes, Ricky Neal, you know, uh, Jason Bray, all those dudes that could do anything on the defensive field. He at times would line up and have eleven defenders on the line of scrimmage. You had no clue who was doing what. Very similar to a kind of a Joe Lee Dunn scenario at Mississippi State, and that was one I did notice. That and that last play from scrimmage, or excuse me, the, the interception play, you're you, you you can't imagine you can't imagine seeing that as a quarterback at the line of scrimmage and not having a grasp or an understanding of who's doing what, and ultimately it's the play to win or lose the game. That's that's pressure, and you could tell it was a scenario or situation that Derek Mason had coached those guys into at some point. It was, you know, probably one of those things that you're like, all right, boys, here it is. It's time, time to do it. You, you've wanted this, you've wanted this defense called. Get at it. Let's see yeah. what happens. And, and that was Ro- it was good. And I thought Roger McCreary, uh, I'd have to go back and look, but uh I thought he played really well. I think you could see when they there was times where when they did kind of go more of an aggressive man, or sometimes even it was a mix. There was times where I saw McCreary in bump in in bump man to man on Kayshawn um, Boutte, but then the others guys were off, and, and, and so there was a mix. Um, Kayshawn Boutte, another guy, had 99 yards. So at that first drive, you, you couldn't replicate that because of that bad snap. Kayshawn Boutte had 99 yards receiving on the first drive. Um, I think Max Johnson had 120 yards passing on on one drive. That was that first drive was ridiculous. But and but Butte had 99 yards on the first drive. He had 29 yards the rest of the game because McCreary started getting up on him a little bit more. 
and yep. Auburn mixed it up, but they said, okay, look, we, we can't, this guy can't just have all the space. That's, that's a disaster. And dude, look, I don't, I don't care who it is. That touchdown throw and catch that they made on the first drive, there is, there is, you could have not drawn a better yeah. ball than that. It was a phenomenal catch. It was in double coverage. It was one of the, it was one of the most well thrown balls that I have seen in years. Yeah, it was a great ball. I still don't know why Zion Puckett was covering him, though. I still would like to know that Zion Puckett, Auburn safety, was covering Kayshawn Butte down the field. I have no, I don't know why. I, I'd like to go back and look at that play and figure out what, how did he end up head up on on Butte on that play? But yes, it was an, it was a perfect throw. It was a perfect throw. Yeah, Knighton came over, couldn't had no chance of getting over there. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a great throw. Uh, and LSU's got problems running the football. Oh boy! Um, I mean, yes. Auburn did Auburn did fine. LSU's running backs, I think, were under fifty combined uh, rushing yards for the for their running backs. So another really good performance from Auburn uh, without Owen Papo, by the way. Um, and well, TD Moultrie uh, and TD yeah. Moultrie. Yeah. So I mean, all, Auburn Auburn was you know game time decisions for for three of their most notable defenders, you know especially Moultrie and and Papa. So you know you you go back and look, and that that to me that speaks more to the grittiness of the performance. I mean, you've got you got three of the team leaders, three of the especially the unit leaders that are that are not even playing, and how well Zacoby McLean played. I mean, making tackles in space really making clutch tackles on third downs to prevent, you know, yards after the catch in order for them to sustain drives and get a first down. I, I just – I mean, the guys played super, super hard. I mean, they laid it all on the line. And it was, from top to bottom, just an unreal performance, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, I mean, Hope, we talk about the success that Auburn developed – or was able to find in the rushing attack, especially in the in the fourth quarter, it was yeah, notable yeah. that they were that they had gotten to a point on the offensive front that they felt as if they could get some yards through the running, you know, through the rushing attack. I still, even as even as hard and as well as Jarquez Hunter has played, man, I I, I keep waiting on Tank. Where you know is 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 there something that we're missing? Is there something that he's missing? You know, in looking at the looking at his inability right now to have a breakout game or just be the workhorse, I you know I, I'm I'm waiting on that. I'm excited to see it because obviously he's got the ability to do so. But when you go back and you backtrack and he he barely played after the fumble against Georgia State, he he was. He, you know, not not to be critical, but he was fairly insignificant in this ballgame. Yeah. And it had a, and had I'd, a like know, I'd like to know I'd like to know Brian Harson's um answer to that. Because to me, look, I know that going into Georgia State, uh, Tank Bigsby was banged up. He he and Owen Papo were both questionable whether they would play. Bigsby plays, Papo hasn't played since then. But to me, Bigsby looks looks healthy enough. Um if he's banged up, that's fine. But he, but he looks, he looks pretty healthy. I mean, he had a couple of times where there was a burst there. I don't, I can't quite explain why he's found no running room. 
except to maybe look at, you know, you maybe have to go back and dissect the exact running plays that they're giving Tank and Jarquez. Auburn is not running between the tackles right now. Uh, teams are, are stacking the box. They're keying on Tank Bigsby. The safety's creeping up when Tank's in there. And I just feel like when, when Tank's not in there, teams play them more fair because it's, okay, the backup running back saying Jarquez, it could be a run or a pass. When Tank's in there, um, it, it feels like there's a higher percentage that it's going to be a run. And so I think he's getting caught in situations of just not having anywhere to run. And so it is weird because then you see Jarquez come in and, well, dang, how does he find room? Um, you know, that, that tall sweep play, by the way, at some point it's not going to work, but, but it hasn't yet. It's been amazing. Well, I, it's been an amazing play so far. It, 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 it's money. I mean, it, yeah. is, it is a money play. But, but mark my words, there's too much other stuff going on in that play for that to be the only situation in that play. There, there is going to be something that comes out of that, that, that later in the season or in, in in a in a clutch situation where, you know, those two guys coming back around on the end around or doing something at the snap of the ball, there's going to be a a a B scenario, a C scenario, or or a secondary step out of that, as because it's it's been too good. It yeah. is, it has been too successful at this point, and there's too much going on in that play for there not to be something that Mike Bobo is trying to plant some seeds for. Yeah, um, but but you know, Jarquez had another run. I mean, the kid runs really hard, but so does Tank. So I, I would like to know Harson's answer to just kind of what he's seeing um, from from Tank because. He might be banged up, but he looks healthy enough that it, it doesn't quite make sense the last two games. Um, I mean, I, I'd have to go back and look. I, I think at halftime, um, his last six quarters was like 27 carries for like 65 yards. I mean, it was just yeah. out of nowhere. He is, It has become uh, – there's no room uh, for him to run, and yet Jarquez has still found some space to, to, to make a couple of runs. Um and Auburn's got to figure that out because that, that running game, Auburn won, but boy, that running game, uh, especially between the tackles, um, is not there. But to the offensive line's credit, I don't think we've, I don't think we've talked we, – we talk about Bo Nix's game. Come, coming into this game, LSU had 18 sacks on the season. Now, I did wonder about that number because they only had one against Mississippi State. So I thought to myself, is that number padded? They're, they're leading the nation in sacks, but – in their first conference game, they only had one. And so I, I was waiting to see if that was, you know, kind of, if that was kind of for real for not, or not, but credit the Auburn offensive line in terms of pass blocking. They gave up zero sacks, uh, maybe four or five pressures. Now, Bo did a, Bo, Bo ran around and made a couple of plays. Um, but, but Bo chose to do that. Like on those plays, Bo could have thrown it away. Bo could have scrambled back up the middle. Like, it's not like he absolutely would have gotten sacked. He just chose to, yeah, to to go full backyard football. So I don't necessarily say that if if it would have been anybody else, it would have been a sack. Um, but the but the offensive line did a good job of of giving of giving them time to to throw the football against a team that was pretty aggressive um, rushing the passer. So I'll give them give them credit for that. Yeah, I I think they I think the offensive line did did a much better job in the point of attack, whether it be rushing the football later in the latter part of the game, 
protecting bow necks, most importantly, it, that, you know, that, and I, I was talking about this earlier today in the sense that I, I felt like the offensive line did a good enough job to give him time to throw the football, to give him protection within the pocket. And you talk about just like you said, full backyard football and the miraculous plays that he made. The, the problem that I have with those plays, obviously, you know what that tells you is why don't we have a receiver getting open? Right. You know? yeah. And, and it, it takes that long for some, somebody to come open. That's, that's not, it's still not good. And, and, you know, again, are those happening every single snap? No, but when you watch a when you watch an Ole Miss, when you watch an Alabama, when you watch well, Georgia's not a good example because they only threw the ball like eleven or twelve times <laughs> against Arkansas. But when you see these teams that throw the football with success, consistent success, it just seems less stressful. I guess is the right term that it's, you know, snap, catch, drop, release. Case in point is I think the first third down conversion, Bo throws the ball to Kobe Hudson on a deep, you know, 12 to 15 yard dig route going from, you know, Auburn sideline in the direction of LSU sideline. Yeah. That, that is your prototypical type of, you know, pass and catch you expect to see at the collegiate level in the SEC. Yeah. Not, you know, not cover 53 and a th- 53 and a third yards, make a unbelievable throw to Tyler Fromm in the end zone where it was just a culmination of, of, you know, emotions where LSU thinks they have them, and then the Auburn fans are down and out, and then all of a sudden Auburn's like, holy crap, there's a touchdown. That was insane. But, By the way, Jarquez you know, Hunter was open on that play, but but that second that second LSU defender that Bo had to, to the go around messed that up. If that guy's not there, Jarquez actually did a good job of starting to release out. Yeah. It was wide open. But then that was – Bo had to turn, and then when he – that guy jumped, and then when he had to go around that guy – then by the time he made that play, that was a little bit tougher throw, and Hunter turned it upfield and kind of went up sideline. And at that point, now he really didn't have anybody. And so it was almost uh, – what's amazing about that play is Fromm was the initial target going, going the other way. It yeah, was supposed he, to go to Fromm anyway. Yeah, and he, and he ultimately got knocked off his route. You know, they, yeah. they checked him at pretty, they and it, yeah. kind of checked him at the line of scrimmage and, and, and got on him pretty good. And Bo just yeah. – I mean, he just made a play. And yeah. – you know, they made they said several times, they said several times during that broadcast that that Mike, you know, sat down with Bo on Sunday and said, Hey son, here's the deal. Your your legacy, not only here at Auburn, but for you as a man, is going to be determined by how you react and respond to adverse situations. Not 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 how long you sit on the mountaintop, but how you get yourself back up there. And I I, I mean, he – I was I was so proud of him. I mean, just the kid – the kid, yeah. he's – I mean, it was – he was all out, man. I mean, he was – he was all out. Play, I think, hands down, to me, best game of his Auburn career. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's certainly up there for a few reasons. I mean, I asked that question on Twitter. You know, you had the Oregon game, game one of his career, and you had the Iron Bowl in 2019 that that he's won. Big games that he's won, um, they're all a little different. This this game, for the circumstances, uh, those two games were home and neutral. Uh, for the circumstances of this game, being benched a week earlier, on the road, down 13-0, um, the circumstances around this game, this will be probably, so far in his career, this is probably the one that people are going to remember the most. Yeah. Um, just just because of um, because of because of all that 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 that, that goes into it, um, but I think you bring up some good points, um, and uh, I've been I've been I didn't want to go there. Now now we're on the Monday morning quarterback edition, so we can go there, and that is look, great win for Auburn beating LSU. LSU's a decent football team. We don't know how good they are, but it doesn't really matter. Auburn won in Baton Rouge. And 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 they they're one to zero in the conference, and they did their job. Um, that's not going to work next week. Newsflash: that isn't going to work. Uh, Bo will, will get killed. Bo will get killed. Fifty percent. Yeah. Look, and at the end of the day, he was fifty percent passing. Bo, okay. So it's not like Bo was seventy percent for the day. It's fifty percent. Um, now he used his legs. That was that was maybe the biggest key of the game. Is does that continue? 74 yards rushing, uh, a number of scrambles, but some definitely some designed runs. Um, that has to continue because Bo is a good athlete. Um, and, and, and so we'll see if, if they can have success. But that running around won't work against Georgia. Um, I don't really see Auburn running the football. If they can't run it the last couple of games, if they struggled, and if they struggled against LSU, they're not going to come out and all of a sudden run between the tackles on Georgia. Not happening. So, so let's just say Auburn – runs for let's say they squeak out three yards of carry somehow rushing the football um Bo running around for his life isn't going to work so i kudos to winning the game against lsu um but i'm not sure what you found out identity wise uh as an offense it sounds weird winning that game the only thing i could point to is Bo using his legs it's the only thing i could point to that says okay you might have found something there to keep doing. You, you need to make sure that he has a couple of design runs, quarterback draws, and and use that use that as use that weapon that he has. But past that, I think there's still a lot of issues and kind of trying to figure out where the identity is. Shivers may have found a little bit of a role. Uh, maybe you get back him get back in in, in the mix and he can be a player. Uh, out of the backfield at times, but still a lot of questions and and and, and things that are not going to work against Georgia. Oh, absolutely. And and this is the, the way the ways that you can think about it and measure it is the one positive is that, and I I feel confident about this that that Georgia's defense will be will not be more athletic than LSU. 
they're, you know, they're, I, I, I would put them in the same light when it comes to athleticism, speed, able to, able to cover ground and do those types of things. But the difference is, like you had said, they are, they, they are so big and athletic combined in their front seven that if Auburn manages three yards to carry on Saturday, that will be a, that will be a huge victory. That will be ecstatic. <laughs> but, you know, what Georgia is going to do ultimately, they're going to line up with eight men in the box and say, you're not running football. You're, you're not going to do it. We're going to go man across the board. Your receivers are not better than our DBs. We don't feel like you can run the ball hat on hat. And so we're going to put eight in the box. If you're going to run an RPO or try and do something, you know, finicky with Bo off the edge after an, after an inside, you know, zone fake to Tank or Jarquez or Sean, we're going to have a guy sitting out on the edge waiting on him. And it's just going to be three and out, 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 over and over and over. It's just going to be death by a thousand cuts. So there is going to have to be some scenarios that Auburn manufactures a big play. They have got to have some big plays out of their receivers. They haven't done it thus far this season, so why not now? You know, what What better time than this particular game? So it, it will be interesting. It is an extremely difficult task. And like you had said, although from an emotional standpoint, huge win against LSU, it's giant. But in the realm of in the realm of you know relativity to finding an identity or really kind of imposing your will on the SEC and for notoriety's sake, it, it it's over. It's done. Sunday's finished. You got to start preparing for Georgia, which is hands down, hands down the best defense in the country. And they they are going to have to do things to get Georgia out of their customary aggressive style of defense. Georgia has an extremely talented front four. I mean, speed, size, you know, just get off in general. Some of the best linebackers, I would put them up there with their aggressiveness with Zacoby and Owen from the standpoint of they just, they just flat get after it. Secondary-wise, they are – they're okay in the secondary. You know, they're they're good. They're athletic. But they are so dominant in the secondary because they are so good up front. And that gives you a lot of margin for error. That gives you a lot of ability to make some gambles here and there. And it also gives you the ability not to have to really cover your guy for very long because you yeah. don't have – they. you know, the quarterback has such little time to get rid of the football because they can get so much pressure with four. They can get so yeah. much pressure with just four guys. And, you know, it it's, reminds me a lot of the defenses in the – I guess it would have been what the uh, 11-12-13, A.J. McCarron, Alabama days, where – Yeah, they had some – some special you know, we're, defenses, we're, yeah. Where where Alabama offensively they were good, they were really good, 
but they weren't – they were – Alabama offensively was not as good as 2019 LSU. They weren't as good as 2020 Alabama offense, but their defense was so dominant that if you scored – if their offense scored 14 or 17 points, game over, lock it down. And that's that's the way this Georgia football team is. You, you, yeah, you have you have to be resilient, and you you damn well better be tough because they get after it. I saw um, Peter Burns from SEC Network made a comparison to this Georgia team. He said it, it looks like a two thousand three LSU defense. Um, you think back to to uh, Marcus Spears and Michael Clayton and um, and those big linebackers they had. I mean th- that was a that that 2003 LSU defense that won the national title was a was a brick wall, <clears throat> um, shut down a Heisman Trophy winner in the Sugar Bowl, um, and and <clears throat> and so yeah, I I think they're going to come in. Look, I don't think Georgia has to do anything special to stop Auburn's run. Um, that's the thing; they're they're that good. Um, they're going to be able to figure out ways to keep to set the edge, make sure that Bo isn't doing anything crazy. Um, if he gets to scrambling, I promise you, somebody will get after him. Um, and so, yeah, it's just going to be a it's going to be a tough ask. And then on the other side, Georgia runs the football. Probably has the best. They probably have the best stable of backs in the SEC. You know, at one point we thought Tank and Jarquez, but Tank's you know struggling a little bit right now. But they have an incredible staple of running backs, and so they're going to test that Auburn rush defense and some of those numbers that Auburn's put up rushing, uh, stopping the run. They're going to test that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to take a monumental effort, I think, from Auburn's defense. Um, I think Auburn's defense is going to have to set themselves, set that offense up in good field position a couple times, try to force a turnover. Because uh, Auburn, look, if they if if they're averaging starting at like the twenty five, eh, it's not going to be good. I mean, they're not going to be able to put those kind of drives together. Nobody is. Nobody is. Alabama. I mean, there's only a couple offenses that are good that, are, that would even have a chance against this defense, and Auburn's is not one of them. Yeah. Uh, but at home on a short field, maybe. You know, if you can force if you can force a, a situation where you take over at the 35 and you can hit a couple of plays and, and kick some field goal, I mean, you can at least hang around maybe. Yeah. Um, well, but it's going to be an incredible. If, if you think about it like this, this is super cliche. And I know you've heard this and you, you've probably said it as well. One, it's home. It's at home. The environment will be absolutely electric. But there will be more Georgia fans in that stadium than I. I've been to a lot of Auburn that, football that, games and a lot of George Auburn football games. There will be, there have to be at least fifteen thousand Georgia fans that find their way in that stadium. There, there probably will be. So anybody and everybody that is listening to this podcast, you better not sell your damn tickets <laughs> to a Georgia fan. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'll buy. Yeah, it. that's don't, the worst. Don't do it. Do not do it. And and it's because it is you don't want you want to maintain that home field advantage. So anyway, the, the cliche portion of it is it's gonna be a, it's gonna be at home, it's gonna be electric. If Auburn can have a way or find a way to be in the game entering the fourth quarter, if they can be within arm's reach of Georgia, I think they can pull it out. But if it is if it is just an absolute just, I mean, if it's a boat race by that time, if they're down by thirteen, if they're down by seventeen going into the fourth quarter, it, it's it's not gonna it's just not gonna happen. But if they're within three, if they're within seven, there there is an opportunity. 
to to for something good to happen. But like you said, man, they're they're going to need a little bit of help from Georgia. They're going to need a turnover. They're going to need you know some some uncharacteristic plays by Georgia in order to put them in in positive field position situations. Georgia is going to do play action pass. They're going to run. They're going to run the football. They're committed to the run. You know, whether it be Zeus, whether it be Milton, they have very talented guys that can run the football, that are very capable of catching the football out of the backfield, especially in the spring, in the in the screen game. So uh, Stetson Bennett's going to be the guy. He's not he's not anything miraculous, but, I, but when, he, yeah, a, you got that talent around you when, when you, <laughs> you don't when have you, to be, you know, I mean, AJ, AJ was a was a good quarterback but when you've got the amount of offensive talent that you've got around around these guys just get it in their hands do what they're paid to do and 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 the thing that we're forgetting georgia's offensive line is freaking good oh yeah i mean they are they are really good so it will be uh it will be extremely difficult it's a tough task but you know who, who knows that's why they that's why they line up and play well look Auburn's Auburn's going to be carrying momentum in um, from that from that LSU win. They're going to be. I mean, Auburn Auburn couldn't have asked for a better scenario to win that game. Come from behind. Everybody sort of maybe find their uh, feet. Certainly the defense. You know, maybe that's the maybe that's what we focus on more. Is hey, it looks like the defense played uh, their best game outside of the first drive. A few missed assignments. They still look at times the zone. They still look like. How do, how do we play this? A couple of the plays that LSU made were a guy was there at Smoke Monday. Uh, another one was Zion Puckett, um, where they're running a zone and, and they just get they lose they lose kind of step with their guy and there's really no excuse other than just a slight hesitation. Yeah. Um, one one Zion Puckett was crossing with Nehemiah Pritchett and just for some reason just hesitated for a minute crossing over. Well, then you then then you gave the guy the so. Outside of a few of those things, um, the defense, I think, found a rhythm. Um, they need Owen Papo back desperately. Um, so I think that's why we're going to have to lean on that defense. I think the thing that about this Georgia game, when you think about offensively, um, I think, back, first of all, Auburn hasn't done anything against Georgia since 2017. I mean, 18, 19, and, and 20 have been beatdowns. Now, they almost came back in 19, okay? They're down 21 nothing in Jordan-Hare entering the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden, Georgia gets a little soft, and 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 they go hurry up, and Bo starts hitting some, and Auburn goes touchdown, touchdown, and then you remember they're 21-14, they run the fourth down play to Harold Joyner and, and, you drops, know, and it. drops the ball. Um, but before that, completely dominated. I was shocked. Auburn had a great chance, I thought, in, in that that year to pull off something against Georgia. And Georgia's defense dominated for three quarters. Uh, and they did the same in 18, and they did the same last year. And so, you know, that, that obviously concerns you if you're an Auburn fan and you're saying, look, our offense hasn't really done much against them in, in like four years. Um, and so I'm curious what the game plan is going to be because um, – you need to get it to the fourth quarter, but 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 what you saw from Bo against LSU that kind of that that is boy that is risky if you go out there and yeah. you tell Bo to keep 
hey, be you. Just be if Bo is is is, is he made some plays, but those could have easily gone the other way. And so well, Auburn and so to your point, Auburn needs to get it to the fourth quarter because then I'm okay. If it's the fourth quarter, let's say it's twenty to ten Georgia. Um then I'm okay with Bo being Bo. At that point, you're down ten, and I feel like you there's a there's an urgency to play like that. Um, it makes me nervous if you're playing like that late first, early second quarter. Yeah. Um, you you because you could you could well you could make a mistake and you could get blown out real quick. And so it's how do you get the game to the fourth quarter? How do you get there? How do you get there? Do do you do you continue to be let Bo run and do you do that? Do you take your shots like? That's the thing. How do I get to the fourth quarter so then I can go? Okay, new new ball game. Now if, now let's now let's be more aggressive if we want to. I mean it 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 honestly is one of those situations, man. It's that it's that it's you know it's that uh, it's that Rocky four fight, right? It's that you know it's it's Rocky versus the Russian, just you know heavyweight fight round after round after round. Just take the blows, deliver a blow, take the blow, deliver a blow. And then at some point you make your way into the fourth quarter and you're within reach, you hit them one time and make them bleed. And that's it. Then, then, then you see that there's an opening, there's a chink in the armor and that there's an opportunity. So I, I agree wholeheartedly with you that if, if there is a need, if, if Auburn has to rely on just the miraculous types of Johnny Manziel, Bo Nix plays, yeah, in the first and second quarters to keep the game within reach, it's not good. Yeah. It, is, it is not good. I think in this in that situation, and I say this, I, I I don't say this trying to be funny. If Bo's running around that way in the first and second quarter, he's not going to get benched. He's going to get hurt. <laughs> it. The, these 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 Georgia defenders are different. They're a different breed of cat. And if you're running around freelancing, trying to make plays, and you're ultimately you are trying to do it for your team, they're doing the same for their defense as well. And 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 they they come they come they come at you with violent intentions. And I think it's a situation where they're going to have you know Bo's going to have to stay within the system, stay within his reach. And he is going to have to rely tremendously on his receivers to make plays for him. Catch the freaking ball. If the ball is thrown to you, catch it. Make a play. Don't worry about getting five or ten more yards. Catch first, then run. You know, everything is going to matter. Every single step, every single route, every single yeah. yard, everything. And if you don't believe that, Drop a few balls, give Georgia the momentum, and and it'll be a boat race really quick. And j- just ask Arkansas, and that's not something that Auburn wants to get into. Yeah, no, there's there's no question. That's that's why is that Bo Nix performance. Um, it uh, great win, and uh, but but and I don't want to. You know, I feel like it's twenty the twenty four hour rule. I feel like we're we're past that now. Not to rain on the parade. Um, but but you know I, I hope that what I saw against LSU was Bo understanding that in the moment I needed to make some plays, um, 
and and that doesn't become his his he didn't revert back to that being his style. He stood there right. and made some throws. And there, there's a difference because he, he needs to he needs to say, yeah, I made some plays, but that's but I'm standing in the pocket. And if I have to, okay, I, I made a few. And maybe because it was fourth down, it's fourth down, and in his head, I have to, I have no choice. Right. Um, and he stood in there pretty good the other times. And so that, but, but that's why the defense for Auburn's going to have to play so well, because like what you're talking about, it, it takes me back to, um, you know, I, I, obviously I've grown up watching Auburn games, but my heyday was watching games was 2000 to that. You know, I think back to those Auburn LSU games in, in 2004, 2006, um, and some of those games where you're playing a defense that <laughs> every, every completion um is is a is a is an achievement um in in and those especially that 04 LSU game that 10 to 9 game um and even the 06 game it was a 7 to 3 those defenses are so good um that you're just like man i mean just every drive you're like boy how did how did they even go 60 yards but the defense was there and so auburn's defense is going to have to have that kind of effort they're going to have to hold georgia in check and allow auburn to stay in that game <clears throat> And be aggressive, and or or stick with the run, and try to try to find some things out, and hold LSU to, you know, 10, 13 points, something like that, <clears throat> you know, late in the third, going into the fourth quarter, if if they somehow can, and yeah. just allow Auburn's offense to hang, to hang in there, because if that game gets out of hand earlier, if it gets up to 10 or 14 points, look, Georgia's a Georgia's a 16 point favorite in Auburn. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe one of the Iron Bowls. Um, and, and maybe, uh, maybe, maybe 2012, certainly probably Auburn was probably a three touchdown underdog in, in that game. But, um, I don't know when the last time Auburn was four and one, um, in a, in a two plus touchdown underdog in their own stadium, uh, shows you how good they think, they think Georgia, they think Georgia is. And so I think that's just curious. How do you, what do you take from LSU and, 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 uh, and bring over and I don't know. You know Bobo and them are going to have some stuff for them. You know they are. You know they're going to they're going to have, um, you know, some stuff to to be ready for. And look, baby, Georgia spends some time sitting there trying to figure out. Okay, when he starts scrambling, what do we do? But my guess, Georgia is confident enough in their defense. I don't think they're going. Hey, we, should we spy him or should we? No. Nah. They're just going to play defense, man. And and if he wants to do that, they're going to go. You're you're not you're not going to make those plays again. We're going to bank on. That was a good game, but we're gonna we're gonna bank on our defense not letting that happen. They're just gonna come out well, and do their thing. They're they're defensively their you know, defensively their major philosophy is they run a they run a traditional four three. You know they'll run man, they'll run single high safety coverage in the, on the on the back end. They'll do a little bit of cover two in certain scenarios, but they they just they just play your base defense and beats you athletically. I mean they're they're huge up front, and they allow that to really impose you know, whatever it is that they want to accomplish on that particular day. And they're not they're not the Georgia defenses of, of back in the day where they bend but don't break. You know, they are dominant. They want they want to shut you out every single time they step on the field. And and it's obvious. But I I don't I wouldn't predict that Kirby's gonna dial up something and, and be worried about Bo's ability to run the football or make things happen. He's got enough confidence in his front four, you know, or or with relation to maybe a linebacker that would be coming on a blitz or whatnot to be able to get to his point of attack. 
not to be worried about a spy or, or something along those lines. I just, I just don't think that Kirby's gonna. I don't think Kirby's gonna give it that much respect because yeah. he, because of what he has in his at his disposal with his front seven. So it's, it, it's going to, you know, it's going to be super, super important for Auburn to be able to make plays when they are at their fingertips. And you're going to have – the ball's going to have to bounce in, in your direction every once in a while. You're, you're going to have to make a, you know, a big miraculous catch here or there. Or there's going to have to be a, you know, just an unbelievable run for a first down to sustain a, to sustain a touchdown drive or something along those lines. Where I get really worried when I start watching any level of football, especially Auburn, is on a multitude of drives or consistently you've got Anders Carlson or back in the day, even when it was Daniel Carlson, even as strong as their legs are, if you consistently have them trying to kick 50-yard field goals, you're not going to win games. Yeah. You're not going to do it. They're, Auburn they, overcame that one for three, I guess. Missed a block. Yeah, yeah he, think was, he was one for three. He, on miss, he missed. He missed from fifty-one, uh, blocked on a fifty-two yarder, yeah. and then obviously made the made the forty-four yarder, forty-six yarder. So, I, you know, and because of because of the difficulty that it puts you in, right? As a kicker, number one, you know, it's always a toss-up. You just never know what's going to happen. So let's say they make it. You're you're giving the ball. You're putting the ball in an offense's hand on the on the thirty five or forty yard line. I mean, you're you're that's a that's a turnover. I mean, that's that's not good. I've always been of the opinion that hey, run the risk and and put them make them go ninety. You know, put put pressure on on an offense and make them drive the ball ninety or eighty five or ninety five yards rather than 50 you know they're one big play away from you know putting you down seven or 14 or whatnot so i I guess it's just the you know kind of me being old school and and traditional but that's there those are going to be pivotal decisions those are going to be pivotal situations that you know if if harson makes them and they work he's a genius if he makes them and they come back to bite him in the rear end then you question what what, why, and what, and how, and when? But again, they we can talk about it till we're blue in the face, man. They they still got to line up and play. And you know the the one thing that I will not question about these kids is their guts. I mean, they yeah. their guts, their heart, their want to, their desire. There may be some there may be some deficiencies when it comes to execution. There may be some deficiencies in certain positions on certain things, but man. If I'm walking in an alley somewhere, if I'm, you know, if I'm doing something late night, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be one bit worried to have any of those kids in my back. Yeah, it's gutsy, gutsy effort. Um, Auburn beats LSU uh, for the second time in a row. That hasn't happened since 99-2000. Uh, Bo all of a sudden is a dangerous player to LSU. His last two games, he's 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 two and zero against LSU the last two years. He's got 710 total yards, six touchdowns in the last two games against LSU last year. He had a monster game against LSU. Um, and then even go back to 2019, uh, Auburn didn't do a lot offensively, but, but you know, they played with him there as well. So 
Um, man, Auburn Auburn could have had a better record against LSU over the years. But either way, Auburn beats LSU twice in a row. That's uh, that's huge. All right, let's end on this. What What's it going to take points-wise? What does Auburn need to hold Georgia to, let's say, entering the fourth quarter? Um to have a chance because I, I really do think this is a two this is a game that's two games. It's get to the fourth quarter and then it's and then it's be more aggressive because you can't you gotta know when to gamble against Georgia's defense. You're gonna have to, but it could burn you. I think it's get to the fourth quarter and then it's okay now now there's an extra momentum. There's a little bit more that you can have a chance. So what what does Georgia need to be no more than this this point total going into the fourth quarter do you think to 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 be in the game, what do you, what what do you think? I I would say in in and however you want to break it down, you can. Georgia cannot be up by any more than thirteen points entering the fourth quarter for Auburn to have a shot. If 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 you're a, I mean, if it's thirty three to twenty entering the fourth quarter, I still think it's potentially an arm's reach. You know, your your big plays. I I just don't, you know, while while Georgia while Georgia has scored a significant number of points, they they've come off they they've been successful off of turnovers. They've had some they've you know Saturday against Arkansas, they're up 14 to nothing. They block a point excuse me, block a punt, take it up 21 to nothing. And and there, you know, there you put Arkansas in a, in a stressful situation and they have to start forcing and then it's just Katie bar the door. Right. Yeah. If, if, if Auburn can keep, if Auburn can keep Georgia within arm's reach and I, and I think within arm's reach is that 13 point margin, then you can still up until the fourth quarter, you can still stay within your game plan. You don't have to press and ultimately gamble. Once you get into the fourth quarter, yeah, you you get into that, you know, down by three strokes on the 18th tee box situation where you, you might have to gamble a little bit here and there, but yeah, you're at least within arm's reach. And and I think I I, I think that's that's about the break-even point. That's about the break point is do not don't don't let it get outside of that two score mentality. And if they can do that, I think it does a few things. One, it gives them an extra boost of confidence. It keeps the crowd in the game. Yeah. And man, I'm telling you, there are not many there are not many places in the country that is that is as electric as Jordan Hare Stadium, especially in a big game in the fourth quarter when it's close. Especially in this, in, in this scenario. Yeah. I think I, for me, my, just kind of my early, my early thoughts is I probably no more than, than 10 for me. Uh, it, the thought of if Auburn is, let's say it's, let's say it's 20 to 10 um, going into the fourth quarter, like even that, which I would probably take right now. Uh, even that, I think Auburn probably has a, Le, less than 10% chance of winning that game at that point. I mean, so, um, like, I think that's what it would be. If you looked at win probability, if it was 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, I bet Georgia, I bet Georgia would be sitting there at like 90% chance to win that yeah, football game. Yeah. No, more, so, more probably. Uh, so I just, uh, 
you know, I, I think it can't be more than because at least gives you a chance to, okay, can we somehow score a touchdown and then can, can we get Carlson in range for a 45 yarder? Like that's, that's, you know, that's possible. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a, an awfully, an awfully tough task. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if Auburn's healthy. They should be nothing crazy from that game. I haven't heard. Uh, they've, they've been pretty healthy so far. Um, and so we'll, We'll see what they can do. Uh, the big thing, man, is, look, Brian Harson's 1-0 in conference, and he did something that Gus Malzahn never did at Auburn, which is beat one of his rivals on the road. And, and Brian Harson's 1-0. I mean, that was the big thing for Gus. He never beat Georgia, he never beat Alabama, and he never beat LSU on the road. It was one of the big things that, regardless of some of the success he had, his record against his rivals, especially on the road, was abysmal. And... Um, Say what you want, um, but but Brian Harson and, and that and that staff and that team got it done. Um, first try, got it done against well, a, the, a decent LSU team. They, you know, and and beating beating LSU, like you said, decent, great, good, average, whatever you want to say. That that win was pivotal for this football team and for and yeah. for notably for Brian Harson and his staff. And I think one of the favorite takeaways or favorite things he said after that ball game is he told the guys to get addicted to this feeling. Yeah. That's that's awesome, and and it is it's it's it is oh man it it is a it is such a good feeling to win a game on the road in the SEC because it's so rare it's so oh, yeah. not rare that to be able to go into someone else's house and beat them in any way shape form or fashion is huge it's a giant momentum boost. Just look at Mississippi State going to going to uh, going to State College, yeah, and and doing their thing, yeah, you know, or co- College Station. Excuse me, I'm still thinking about Penn State, <laughs> but you know, to, to to do that, and then obviously Georgia's tr- looking at doing doing that to Auburn this coming weekend. So, winning on the road in the SEC is tough for Brian Harson to do it against LSU at night in Death Valley. I think it's a huge feather in his cap, but the most important takeaway, man, when he said he told the guys, get addicted to this feeling, enjoy it today, but then we start back to work tomorrow. Let's roll. I, I was, I'm, 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 I'm on, I'm on board, man. I'm, yeah. I'm on board with what he's doing. I'm on board with how he's doing it. I just hope, I just hope they can continue to stack the blocks, you know, continue to build. They want to get to. Yeah, that was a good moment. He said, "Get get addicted to it." And he said, "Now, then, we're going to go back out and work and figure out how to do it again," um, which I think is pretty much tells you everything you need to know about Brian Harson um, as a as a uh, as a head coach. So we'll we'll see how it goes, man. Um, well, if I don't talk to you again before Auburn, Georgia, I know you'll be there. It's a big one for you, as always. Um, and so it ought to be a look. It ought to be a fun fun atmosphere. I mean, look. You know, we, we Auburn spent time in Happy Valley, which wasn't so happy, and they they go to Death Valley, that was more happy than Happy Valley. Uh, but that they they've had these environments where they've had big crowds. Well, this is Auburn's chance for the first time in you know two years to have a uh, to have a. I mean, really, since the first time I guess it'd be Iron Bowl, uh, you know, the Alabama I guess in November, the first time to have a uh, big game, yeah, hyped up crowd, and so now it's Auburn's turn. Um, well, and to, I mean, to be there and be loud and see what they can do. Well, I hope you, I mean, dude, this is, and they, they talked about it last night. This, this, 
the players, think about it like this. The players that signed in the 2020 signing class. So those kids that signed to play at Auburn in February of 2020, this is the first big home game of their career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even for for Tank, this is a, this is the first big home game of his entire career at Auburn in two years. It is, I mean, it it it's going to be an experience above all that two classes of young men that are wearing this uniform on Saturday. It is the first experience they've had, and and listen, and I mean it. I know I said it jokingly. Don't if you're an Auburn fan, if you got Auburn tickets. Don't sell them to a Georgia fan. Don't give them to a Georgia fan. I don't care if it's your if it's your uncle. Don't do it. <laughs> we you want as little red and black in that stadium as can absolutely be fattened. Don't do it. Give them away to an Auburn fan. Come stand on campus and give them to somebody wearing orange and blue. Do not. Do not above all sell them to a visiting fan please i'm begging you don't do it i hear you i don't know man they're, they're gonna find their way in but yeah any any little bit would uh can uh can help can help for that i mean look if you're an auburn fan like you just said it's been a while um it's just gonna be a fun day hopefully it's a fun day and in and, and good weather and um it'll be cool to be back in a hyped up big sec game experience atmosphere um it'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun i know you'll be there man much appreciation for joining us uh again thanks ben leard auburnlive.com make sure you remember um and uh we'll be having podcasts all week talking about auburn georgia reliving auburn lsu uh as we talk to brian harson and players and we'll see what they have to say um as auburn gets ready for a massive massive game um and uh, we'll see what they got we'll look georgia's the big favorite auburn's got nothing to lose uh, let's see. Let's see what Auburn's made of and what improvements they've made halfway through the season. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Uh, go subscribe to AuburnLive.com for Ben. I'm Justin. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.